Hi, and welcome to Discussing with Laura and Guests. My name is Laura Clark, and I will be your host for this show. What you'll be expecting is for myself to have some conversations with some very fabulous and wonderful people where we're going to be tackling all the different topics and taboos of what life has to offer. We're going to be discussing things from like motherhood, parenthood, singlehood, relationships, friendships, work, mental health and well-being. I'm going to be having these conversations with people who I know, family, friends, people I've met on the Life of Laura journey and also some mothers that I've met since becoming a mum. So sit back, tune in, get involved if you wish and enjoy. Afternoon Martina, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, no, it's a bit miserable outside the weather isn't it? Oh my gosh, tell me about it. I'm glad I'm inside and not don't have to take Winston to the park today. No. Do you know what? I was going to take Elena to the park. I was thinking, because obviously this is my day off where I don't work or anything. So it's like, what, what am I going to do with her? Looked out and I thought, oh, it's raining. So what I'd done, I improvised. I thought, right, I'm going to take her to, I need to get a few things from Sainsbury's. I thought, let's just take her into the trolley, on, on the trolley. Oh my God, you made it again. Yeah, and we did. I was like, can you see the pizza? Can you see the cheese? Where's this? Where's this? And she was, honestly, she was so good. She was really, really good. I did, it did help that I brought like some fruit and stuff for her to snack on. But um, yeah, she was, oh she's God. brilliant. She loves looking at the way forward, aren't they? They are, they are. But um, yes, thank you for joining me on this podcast, my lovely. Thank you for joining me on this episode as well. That's okay. And um for the followers who obviously follow my life with Laura and um, have been listening into this podcast, Martina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about what you do and um, yeah, just tell us about who you are. Okay. Um, so my name is Martina. I am a first time mum to little Winston who was born in January 2020. So just before the pandemic hit. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so we've had all of that stress of... Um, you know, being stuck in lockdown with a mm-hmm. with a baby and things like that. Yeah. Um, and basically, I kind of help mums earn money from home. That's that's kind of my job. Like I earn money using social media, and I help my friends to do it too. And it's just meant that I can stay at home and look after Winston full time, but still have an income coming in. Um, I think when when he was born, or before, let's say before he was born, I was very much money focused, very I'm going back to work, I'm going back to work, I'm going back to work, which I used to sell advertising. Mm. And the job changed, it became very stressful um, while I was off and you had to go to the office every day and it just didn't fit my life anymore. Um, So I kind of just looked for options and found this as an opportunity and have never looked back, literally. But while we were in lockdown, we were in lockdown for a really long time. (laughs) And I kind of came out of lockdown with an 18-month-old and the world had opened and I had all these places to go but I didn't have anyone to go with I didn't know any mums so I kind of thought you know what I'm going to do for my friends I'm just going to like create a random Facebook group like that's just meet meet local mums and like just add my friends to it just to see if we can like meet up and stuff and did it and we've now got like 1200 members (laughs) 
Do you know what, honestly, and, and obviously I'm like a member of this group as well, and I just think it's absolutely amazing. Like you say, it's an idea that you and your friends had to sort of say, right, you know, we've had our babies, you know, in lockdown and now lockdown's easing to kind of meet up and get together. And like you say, not only that, it's literally broadened now. I mean, it's literally, you've, you've got people all over Suffolk, which is amazing. Oh my there. God, all over Suffolk. Like people I've never met, and I've met so many fantastic women and their children obviously through this Facebook page and Mm. I can't even explain it some of these people I will be friends with for the rest of my life yeah we're so close and it's because we've all got the children of similar ages from similar locations and we just didn't have that before and do you know what I didn't really know where to start when lockdown lifted I just thought oh my god what I'm stuck in the house still I don't know I've got no one to go and see I've got nowhere to go Mm. I didn't know about groups so on the page we actually talk about loads of groups that are available um you know and things like weaning and teething and sleep and like any it's actually just become a mum's group yeah (laughs) which which is amazing and I think I think there's a lot of mums um that that need that I think there's a lot of mums out there who you know obviously they might not have like a lot of mums that they know they might not have a lot of friends and also they might not have um the confidence enough to kind of like you say go to a group or to get that advice they need or to to say like look you know what I'm struggling here where that group is amazing because it gives so much support and there's actually a lot of people that are in the same boat which is fantastic Oh my gosh, definitely. Like I will, I send, tend to send a message to people that join the group just to like make them feel a little bit welcome and a yeah. little bit um, more comfortable. And I always say, I'll just pop a little introduction um, picture and a little blurb about you, like where you're from, how old your kids are, what you love doing and things like that. And you'll, I said, you'll be really surprised how many people will comment and say they're from the same area or give you advice. Mm. Mm. But so many people I speak to are just like, no, I haven't got the confidence. I just want to sit in the background and look. And that's absolutely fine. That is what the group's there for. But it just made me think, gosh, so many people are in the same situation from lockdown. And lockdown's got a lot to answer for, to be honest. Oh, it really does. I mean, that's actually the next question I was going to ask yourself, actually. How did you find lockdown? Because obviously, like you said, for you, your son was born um, last January. So January 2020. Then lockdown happened March 2020. So literally, you just had like two months of your son, really, for normality. And then suddenly lockdown happened. Like, how, how did you find it? How did you cope with obviously having a newborn and also being in lockdown as well? I, If I'm honest, I didn't. Um, I mean, when he was born, he was quite small, like not not horrendously small, but just on the smaller side. He was in neonatal for a little while. And when we got him home, he was it was very apparent that he was ill, like something was wrong. And none of the doctors could tell us what it was. And that went on for about two months before we were told it was silent reflux. And something I'm quite angry about, to be honest, because like it's so common. Why can they not tell a first time mum, oh, you've got silent reflux. This is the this is the treatment. They just kept palming me off. And I said, don't think that helped. And then when we finally got a diagnosis, the world opened up again. So we actually didn't leave the house for the first two months because he was so poorly and screaming all the time and just so stressed all the time. So we didn't actually leave the house at all for the first two months. And then we were just ready to go out. And I would say it would probably it was probably about two weeks where we I started to go to like breastfeeding groups and just general groups with him, even though he would just sleep the whole way through. But, you yeah. know, it was just good for me to get out of the house, a reason to get out of yeah. my pajamas, you know, like a reason to wash my hair. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
And then lockdown hit and I just feel like, I feel like I was completely robbed from my maternity. Mm. Probably why I do what I do now, because I pretty much live on a permanent maternity leave. But um, <laughs> yeah, but lockdown, the first lockdown was fine, to be honest. It was actually quite fun, I would say, because, yeah. um, you know, it was all very new. My husband was off with us. So it was just like a holiday. It was sunny. We were able to go for walks. We sat in the garden. It was just it was actually really lovely. And then after the first lockdown, he went back to work and it was a bit of a shock again to be on, on my own, but stuck inside. And then the third lockdown was really the worst for me because I, I guess like a lot of people, the weather was bad. You couldn't physically leave the house. It was raining, it was snowing and you just couldn't leave the house. And progressively, I just got more and more, I don't know, like upset and mm. down and d- didn't want to leave the house in the end I didn't want to s- go for a walk and I didn't want to have to say to the people like the neighbors that when they say oh, you're right I didn't want to have to answer that question because I wasn't yeah and yeah it was so difficult and also at that point Winston my little boy he wasn't sleeping during the day because he had such bad reflux so it was I feel like a really bad mum when I say this but I was really angry a lot of the time because he wouldn't sleep during the day. He cried all day. We couldn't leave the house. And my mental health was really on on the rocks, you know. And and if I'm honest, so was my marriage probably because Mm. my husband didn't understand why I was so upset all the time. I didn't understand why I was so upset all the time. And then it wasn't until about the end of the lockdown, so February, March time, where the health visitor came to see us and she said you've got postnatal depression right yeah oh my gosh like how did you feel when you got because I I mean I I had like a a similar experience with um, with myself when um, when the health visitor said to me they said yeah you've got you've got postnatal anxiety and you've got PTSD you kind of feel like oh god have I really did you did you feel like that? I was really embarrassed. Yeah, I was with mine as well. <laughs> you sort of feel there's a bit of shame in a way. You kind of think, yeah. oh, I don't want to have this. And you, I don't know about you, but I kind of felt, oh, there's like a label on here now. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know. And the doctor kept saying to me, it's not normal for you to not enjoy being a mum. And I felt so guilty because I felt like I do enjoy being a mum. Like, I'm not saying I don't love my child, but I'm not enjoying the situation. No. And she just kept saying, it's not normal for you not to love being a mum. And I just, I kind of just thought, oh my God, I just felt so ashamed. And the and first that thing made you feel was, more bad, didn't it? That probably made you think, oh great, so you're trying to tell me that I should love my yeah. child 24-7. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, but I felt like she was saying that I was a failure as a mum. Like yeah. I wasn't being a mum. I was failing at being a mum. And the first thing she said was, um, you need to go on antidepressants. And I was not up for that at all because that really no. did mean I had a problem then. I then mm. had to admit it. And yeah. I know also that um, when it comes to the antidepressants, the antidepressants up your serotonin levels to make you feel happier but also once you've been on them your body stops making them because it doesn't need to make them anymore so when you come off of them it's 10 times worse because your body's not making it and you feel like Mm. oh my gosh I think I need to go back on them when you come off them 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I'm very, you know, I, I totally respect. I mean, there's some very, very close people like family, friends, whatever, who, who have been on antidepressants. But I'm very much more pro. I mean, obviously, for me, like I say, I've, I've done counselling and life coaching and mentoring. So I'm very more pro counselling route, more talk and therapy. I'd rather do that than the antidepressants. So when obviously, like with my situation last year, I just said, you know, with respect, I'd rather try the the, the counselling and the talking side of things first. Then if I need to go on them and they're like, yeah, fine, if that's what you want to do. I found that actually helped me more. Yeah. <laughs> but for some people, some people obviously feel they're unable to speak and they obviously think, OK, with the antidepressants, that's that's kind of my thing that I need. And that's what what that's what works for me, which is which is fair enough, isn't it? But you're totally right what you said there. Definitely. Well, I mean, I think I was at the point where I was so sad all the time. I just I couldn't talk to anyone because I would just yeah. cry all the time. But mm. that sounds really bad. But I, you know, I felt like I had no option but to go on these antidepressants. And I kept saying to the doctors, but my problem, why I'm upset is that my child won't sleep and give me a rest to have a cup of tea during the day or sleep at night. We were up every hour at night, which we still are, by the way. Um and, you know, we're sleep deprived. It's now been about 15 months. It was at least a year when I went on the antidepressants of being up every single hour, sometimes every 20 minutes. You're absolutely exhausted. Mm. And I'd had, I hadn't left the house in a year. So, yeah. you know, that was the reason why very shortly after that lockdown lifted and we were able to go out more, which made me feel 10 times better. And mm. Well, the doctor said, well, just give give Winston to someone for the day. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> it's, well, that, though, is it? it's really not as easy as that. <laughs> but it's against the law at that time. Like we weren't allowed <laughs> to give them with, to anyone just for, you know, just for pleasure. You couldn't just give them to someone. No. But he was like, oh, no, but that is different if it's, it's affecting your mental health. I was like, well, do you think Boris should maybe tell mums that, you know, you're struggling, but if you are really struggling, then please do use friends and family and, you know, use other yeah. people who aren't in your bubble yeah yeah that probably should have been announced when Boris like you say done the announcements last year to say by the way yeah. for mum but you know what the doctor, we can't do that we're not allowed to do that it's, it's actually illegal at the moment and she was like oh yeah. no you'll be fine I was like oh, <laughs> yeah, just, I'll just palm my son off shall I I'll just palm him off to uh to mum or dad friends whoever no that's like <laughs> exactly Oh, bless you. So, but you know what? Good for you. Good for you. Like you say, you you know, obviously you you come to terms with it. You you opened up about it. You're honest with yourself about it. And you're able then to make a decision to do something about it for yourself, which is amazing, which is good. Do you feel like now that you're in, like, in a better sort of position, in a sense, compared to where you were like last year? Or would you say you're still kind of the same or...? No, I'm definitely a lot better. I I honestly think that just going out, meeting other mums, watching Winston play football and play at the park with other kids, that has been an absolute godsend. I honestly yeah. think that has made all the difference with me, just being able to go out and socialise and talk mm -hmm. to other mums and say, you know, oh, I've had a terrible night's sleep. And they say, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Like, just the, the socialisation of being a mum like, can oh, be definitely. very lonely. Oh, it can be. It can be very, very lonely and very. And do you know what I figured that actually on maternity leave with, with me? Because I, my little one was born um, July two thousand and nineteen. So we had like a few months of obviously mm. I suppose, a bit of normality with the classes and groups and things like that. And I was also very fortunate as well. There was a few mums 
who I, because I know quite a few people, probably like yourself, you know a few people around. And there was a few people who um, who were roughly the same time, pregnant with, at the same time as me, which was great. Um, so we got to do a few things. And then obviously lockdown happened. I was on maternity leave. And it was when you're on maternity leave, you do kind of think, wow, I haven't really seen anybody. Yeah. You know, there's that kind of like that isolating feeling. So I can imagine with a lot of mums, especially if they don't know many people or people who, you know, they might have a lot of friends, but they might not have kids or their kids are a lot older and they've got their little one who isn't the same age as them. That can be, I can imagine, very, very lonely for people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people I speak to when I kind of welcome them into the group, they say, I haven't got any friends. Like I've got no mum friends. And, you know, we all have other friends who don't have kids, but it's not until you become a mum that you realise it's completely different. Yeah. You yeah. have completely different priorities. And, like, you don't drift apart, but you kind of do in a way, and you become much more close to these mums who understand what you're going through at that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have to admit, I think since me becoming a mother, and probably yourself, Martine, as well, you, your friendships, like, I, I don't know, it's, it's sort of like a shift. That happens isn't it like a shift where like what you just said there you'll have some of your friends who you will see and speak to you'll have some of your friends that will never change you'll have some of your friends that will just drift because like you say you live completely different lives and you then meet new people who you can just instantly connect with and they get you you get them and like you say you're doing like the same you're living kind of like the same sort of situation which you're able to relate to and to support each other as well definitely no, that's amazing. That's amazing. So tell us about your little boy then. So how old is he? Say is he 18 months? He's 19 months. 19. Yeah, and into absolutely everything. He's climbing everywhere. I came in the other day and he was on my windowsill of my bedroom. That was good. <laughs> um, thank goodness the window wasn't open. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, we've just started doing loads of groups with him. So um like we do gymnastics with him we do football with him and he has just absolutely excelled like he is talking like this morning he said another blue car and I was like oh okay (laughs) and there was another two blue cars outside um but yeah so it's just I think you get to the point where they they become about I don't know how old probably only about the last three or four months so probably about 15 months and they become an absolute pleasure yeah Yeah, I hear what you're saying there actually totally I have to admit my lot like my little one she's just oh like literally the first year was I mean like I say I mean she's still brilliant now I mean I love her personality now But like you say, you get to sort of like 15 months and two, they become their own little person, don't they? Which is amazing. Well, yeah. And I I ended up having to have him sleep on me because I'm still feeding him. And, yeah. you know, I've come to terms with the fact that we sleep during the day and he sleeps on me and feeds. like, And that's, and actually I now love it because I've come to terms with it. Mm. I love those booby cuddles and I love those, that time that we have together. And I think it's just having yeah. a bit of a mental shift yeah. What, what happens to someone else doesn't necessarily have to happen with us no no definitely not definitely and like I say the, the feeding I'm really interested in because um with me Martine I didn't I didn't breastfeed I didn't breastfeed I couldn't breastfeed um and then once like I say with my little one she was born early um my milk didn't come through I then had to go on antibiotics because I had an infection 
So the breastfeed inside was kind of taken away from me. So I sort of had to grieve me breastfeeding quite early. How have you found the breastfeeding side of things? Harder than giving birth. Really? I had an epidural, so I can't really talk, but... (laughs) (laughs) Still, though, it can hurt. I had three epidurals. The first two... One side of me was paralysed, the other side I could feel everything. <laughs> oh my gosh, I could feel everything in my hips, which is a really yeah. unfortunate place to be able to feel. So I was on gas and air with the epidural, I felt like a right yeah, back. So <laughs> Do you know what, I love the gas and air. Oh, oh brilliant. It. Yeah. loved it, we loved it. <laughs> but yeah, so well, what was I saying about the breastfeeding? Yeah, breastfeeding. We, I, I think it's the hardest thing in the world, I honestly mm-hmm. do. We, the first three months, I could have counted on two hands the amount of times I said, I'm giving up. I don't want to do it anymore because it hurt. It was like the latch wasn't good. He had tongue tie. It just wasn't happening how I wanted it to happen. But I was quite open at the beginning, though. I I, I was quite open to formula. I, I, I didn't put any pressure on myself to breastfeed. It just happened that way. I just yeah. sort of persisted with it because he was putting on weight and the professionals were just saying to me oh well he looks fine he's putting on weight I said but the latch isn't right something's not right it really hurts and they were like no it looks fine to me so I kind of just carried on (coughs) Um, when we got to three months like on the dot it became a pleasure and it just Mm -hmm. all changed and I know it has happened like that for quite a few people but if I hadn't have got there I wouldn't have had all the good times now. I'm not saying that formula fed babies don't have, you don't have the same bond because you do, but it's just, I find it so rewarding. I look at him every day and I think, gosh, I, I really, I really grew you. Like you've grown into this human being and majoritively, even now, majoritively still on my milk. So yeah, um, not being a stalker, but obviously, I, you know, obviously we're, we're friends on Facebook and obviously yeah. on your group and stuff. And I do see your stories and it's amazing. It's it's lovely. It's lovely to kind of see that because obviously I know I didn't have that experience with Elena. So to see that, obviously, in the fact that you share your journey about breastfeeding, it's, it's, it's lovely. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think you have to do that because like because I still feed him now at 19 months it's quite a taboo it looks quite taboo it looks like I should oh, yeah. be because I look it looks like I'm feeding a small child which I am but it should be normal and you mm. can feed them up until two or three and why am I so every time I go to feed him I always have to say to someone around me oh do you mind if I just feed him quickly and um they're like no no go for it but why do I feel the need to have to ask for permission to random strangers around me to actually it should be normal because it's like you say it's a natural thing because funny enough I was like the opposite so I remember um when Elena was small and um we went to obviously a couple of groups and obviously like you said there was the mums there with you know obviously getting their boob out and breastfeeding and stuff and I got the I got the bottle and I had a couple of the mums that sort of like looked and I felt like I just, I remember saying to a friend of mine, like, you kind of feel like you're justifying. Like, I was like, I'm just getting the bottle oh, out. God. Yeah, I try, I, you know, I tried breastfeeding. I was open-minded, but I couldn't do it. And I, and I, I remember coming home and I remember saying to my other half, I was like, I don't get why I felt I had to explain. Yeah. Why? I didn't, I didn't need to. Like, I'm, for me, I'm very much so open. Like, if people bottle feed, they bottle feed, they breast, they breast, if they express, and if they do combi <laughs> or whatever, fine. I just think a fed babe is a happy babe. <laughs> doesn't matter how they're fed 
as long as they're fed it's fine and you have to do what's right for you and I think the same with everything really but as a mum you don't know what that other mum's been through you don't know exactly. you know it's not like for you it's not like you didn't try no exactly I mean and bless her heart I mean she did get the first bit she got the um what's it called the clostrum, clostrum. So, so, so for me I thought well at least she's had some because I, I remember I was saying this on one of my other episodes I remember there was like I think it was oh, was it day five or day six you know obviously where, you, where yeah. you just randomly cry you cry everything and I remember I was feeding Elena and my milk was coming through and Elena's head was trying to go, but I couldn't give it to her because that's when the antibiotics were kicking in. And I thought, and I remember oh, the health visitor was sort of saying, you can't, you know, obviously once you take these antibiotics, you can't breastfeed. Like it's literally, you can't do it. And I remember seeing the milk coming out of my boob. I was feeding Elena and I remember feeling that, that guilt. I was thinking, oh my God, like I, I actually can't give her any of my milk. Yeah. And like you say, there and then it was like taken away and I had to sort of just accept it and think, okay, I'm going to be a bottle feed mum and that's, and that's fine. And, and like I say, with Elena, bless her heart, she's, she's taken to the, to the Actonville milk. <laughs> she's, she's taken to that fine. And yeah, like I say, two years old and yeah, well away. <laughs> I feel so great. Like, I don't, I really hope it doesn't come across like I'm telling, like I am kind of telling the world, but I don't want it to put a bottle fed because it's hard whatever journey you take it's hard but I do feel like I'm totally grateful that I was able to continue because there are so many times that I thought I just can't do it yeah yeah it's more of a I feel really lucky and really grateful because I know how hard it is you know to do to do it yeah no definitely no definitely fun bless you and what about you say about the nights do I dare mention about the night? <laughs> oh my how, are you, how are you getting on? How are you with Winter, getting on? Well, I don't know. The last few days we've tried, because I don't know if um, I had mentioned to you anyway, or you might have seen all my stories, but Winston is basically feeding 30 to 40 times a day. Yes, I did um, see that. And I did think, wow, you must be like Wonder Woman. That's, that's I'm amazing. exhausted. I bet you I'm are. So you much you still look really good considering like you say you're, you're exhausted and tired you look better than me some days I think wow well, she's still bloody going she's still doing it she's well, still showing up I should wear more makeup good. let's put it like that I should definitely make more effort because I would look a bit better but I mean yeah. it's, it's been a long time it's been it's been over a year now of being up every 20 minutes to an hour yeah. and we've tried loads of things but it's now got to the point I think when lockdown lifted um Winston kind of just went no I want you I want you I want that time with you I think he kind of saw it as oh we're going out more we don't get that much close time anymore mm-hmm. so I think he's now feeding so much just to, for the closeness because it's definitely not for the milk no. and you know this one of my friends on Facebook had said to me have you tried try feeding him every other so that you're saying no occasionally so now that's what we're doing and during the night obviously we're I'm saying no on the first time because I'll have fed him to sleep and then he'll say no on the first time then I'll feed him on the second and then the third I'll say no and every time I say no we're up for two hours three hours oh, and it's hard you know yeah. it's those times of I don't want to listen to my child scream the whole night but this is what's happening and I'm the, the first day was horrendous the second got a lot better and we only mm. I've only fed him once overnight and he did actually go back to sleep okay last night was horrendous it just it just seems to be getting worse and worse 
So I'm not actually sure whether to continue what we're doing or not, but I've tried everything. Yeah. I've read every book. I've taken every piece of advice. I've paid a lady 250 quid to come and help me, and that did no good. You know, <laughs> I have tried everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. I mean, what does, I mean, what about your husband? I mean, what does he say? I mean, he's probably like, he'll sort of support you whatever you want to do, I assume. Is that correct? Has he, has he made well, any sort of suggestions? Oh, I kind of get where you're, where, what you're getting at. Like, so everyone who I've spoken to professionally, so like the health visitors and stuff, when they came to see me, they were like, right, you really need to stop feeding now. And mm. I was like, all right, okay. You'll probably sleep a lot better right okay but I don't I don't want to stop feeding and I no, think you shouldn't really, have to if you don't want to no I think it's really unfair I, I kind of wanted to say to the health visitor you spent the first three months telling me every week when you saw me you've got to carry on feeding carry on feeding breast is best even though I know it's not disclaimer I know I know that um but you know they're constantly saying you've got to carry on you've got to carry on just go through it go through the pain go through it just keep all the goodness that it's doing so I did and now they're turning around to me and saying oh yeah you need to stop now no, no, no. It's got good now. I'm happy with it how it is now. I don't want to give up now. Mm. No, so, and I, I like what you just said there as well, hon. Like, you, you're happy with it. You and Winston are both used to it. And also, like you say, I think with the sleep, because you've been doing it for so long, you've kind of got immune to it in a way, haven't you? Unfortunately. I mean, I wish I looked better on it. And I just, I just think... They either sleep or they don't. And he is just yeah. not a sleeper. He just no. will not sleep. And at the minute, no. he's sleeping in our bed, which I know lots of people will judge, but it's the only way to get a little bit more sleep. No. Do you know what? Before. I think, do you know what? Again, it's the same with the feed and the same with the sleep. I think you have to do what, what works for you guys. I mean, with Elena, bless her heart, she did sleep with us for the first sort of, you know, obviously in the same room, the next to be crib. And then about seven, seven to eight months she then went in her cot. But like the other week, Martina, Elena was really ill. She had um, a really bad chest infection. For about three, four nights in a row, she slept in bed with me because every time I kept trying to put her down, it yeah. was literally like every every half an hour, she was crying. Poor yeah. Andy, you know, we, we alternated. We took it in turns to go in and see her. And I just said to Andy, I said, look, babe, I said, she just wants me. I said, I said she's going to have to, because every time when I tried to, when I held her, She'd go to sleep and that'd be when yeah. I put her down, she'd cry. And then Andy would then come in, he'd then obviously pick her up. She'd be fine for a like a minute or so, and then she'd cry. So I said to Andy, you might as well just go in the other room, babe, and I'll just Elena will just come in bed with us. She'll oh, just come in bed with me. And I, I think that way. She slept, I slept, it, it worked, you know? Exactly. I I feel really bad for the men because I, for me, I don't know. I don't know whether it's that he smells my milk, so that's why he prefers to be with me. But maybe not hearing your story because yours has been fairly similar. But yeah. you know, he is just drawn to me, and I feel really bad for Tom, my husband, because he doesn't want him a lot of no. the time, and he'll want me mm. over him. And I feel like maybe sometimes he might take offence to that. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, when he we went through a stage of my husband putting Winston to bed in his cot. And he used to actually go to sleep with him in his cot and he used to stay in the cot, um, in his cot for quite a while. Mm. But we then tried the scream it out method and then we went back to newborn stage and we had to start again. Yeah. So, have, again, it's all about everything, isn't it? It's all about trial and error and using different techniques and methods. I mean, Elena, bless her, she she loves movement. She loves, um, you know, if I'm rocking her, if she's oh, like, what she does for us, she likes to cuddle us before she goes mm. to bed. 
um, either with me or with Andy, or she loves being in the car seat. She loves being in the pram, you know, rocking in the pram. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. And there's sometimes where there's been a couple of times, like you said, we've left her and then she'll, like you say, scream it out. And we're thinking, oh, I don't know if we like that kind of, because I don't really like her. I like personally to be the one to kind of, you know, give her a bottle, read to her, cuddles, then yeah, she goes to sleep in Yeah. So it's, it's it's all about finding out what works for you. So um, motherhood, eh? <laughs> Oh, motherhood. We could write a book, you know, I reckon. Maybe that's the thing, Martina. Maybe you should write a book. (laughs) (laughs) But we wouldn't be without them, would we? So Exactly, exactly. But no, thank you so much for joining me on my discussion with Laura and Jess. And thank you so much for this episode. I think with this episode, I think there's going to be a lot of mothers that's going to be be able to relate, definitely be able to relate to you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, so and if anyone you. wants to join the group, like obviously that's absolutely fine. There is a group out there called Meet Suffolk Mums, yeah. and um, yeah, anyone is more than welcome to join. Obviously, from Suffolk and surrounding areas, yeah. <laughs> but the idea no, is you to meet other mums from that area. So, yeah, and it's brilliant. Like I say, it's brilliant. I mean, there's some people actually on there that I've known for years. People I've went to school with, and people obviously that I've met kind of on my motherhood journey. That's on there as well, which is really nice. It's like, oh yeah. There, which is it's lovely it's a really and, nice thing that you've done there and really you know nice. what I think is the best thing I saw on there a couple of months ago someone said oh I went to Primark yesterday and saw a little girl called Jess and I spoke to the mum but I really should have got her number but I didn't have the confidence to say anything does anyone know who this might be and they just said yeah that's me they were both oh online. that's lovely that's so nice yeah Oh, amazing, Han! Amazing. Well, there we go. I think that group. Let's just continue it. I think keep keep going with it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening, and stay tuned for more. <laughs> Thank you.